Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, 2 Kings 13, a very, I suppose a, a story, not, we haven't come across too much, an unusual story, but I just felt God really laid this on my heart today. Uh, I wanted just to say something about maybe new levels, new dimensions, new things that we're coming into. Anyway, 2 Kings 13 and verse 14. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and their, horse, and their horsemen. Elisha said to him, take a, bow and ar- take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it, then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot, and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Apex till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows, so he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground, so he struck three times and stopped, and the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times, then you, you would have struck Syria till you destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. That's a powerful story. I just feel that uh, this is, you know, God is, is often, God, I think God is bringing us into a new season and wanting to bring us into new things and new levels. This sense, I mean, thank God's a God of new things. Everything's fresh, everything's new. And, and just this sense that God is wanting to bring us into, for some of us, God's wanting to take you to a new season for your life. It's a whole new season that God wants to bring you into. Here's the point I want to see. It's how we respond to what God's wanting to do. This is what this story is really all about. Not so much God just speaking to us, but how we respond to what God says. Almost this is a kind of prophetic passage of how we respond to what God's saying in this day and this age. I think this is also, it's, it's about breakthrough. How many want breakthrough in their life? You see situations, you see things in your life, and you're saying, I want a breakthrough. That has gone on far too long in my life, and I'm looking to see a breakthrough in that situation, in that circumstance. I want to see a breakthrough. How many found this? The bigger the battle, the greater the breakthrough. Encouraging. So no matter how big your battle is right now, the bigger that battle, the greater the breakthrough that you're going to see. And this story really gives us a principle of how God causes us to to break out of those situations, to to kind of break out those circumstances, to kind of break out of those bad habits. Just in order the Lordship of Christ could just be fully manifest and fully evident in us. And I think that's what God's doing these days, bringing the people to new levels and new dimensions and new manifestations, really, of the Lordship of Christ in our life. And this is really what it's about. God is wanting to move. Anybody believe that? But here's the key. I have to learn how to move with him. 
That's been the, the problem in ages throughout the if like throughout church history. God's wanting to move. It's whether we move with him. And I think what this story shows us is how I can position myself for God to come and move. See, we can't do anything on our own power and strength, but what we can do is position ourselves for God to move through us. And I think this is a story of how we can position ourselves and allow for God to, to work through us. God says, I want to fight for you, but you've got to learn how to fight with me. Isn't that amazing. The Bible says, the battle isn't yours, the battle is mine, but you've got to learn to fight with me. And I think the one thing that really we need to lose in this day and this age, I think one big thing, and that is our passivity. I think we put up with far too much. We allow the enemy to do far too much in our lives, in our families, in our circumstances. And I think it's almost time to kind of rise up against this passivity and learn how to strike the ground. Learn how to take the ground. Learn how to to really rise up and move as God leads us to move. Let's look at some of the principles we find here in this story. Here's this king, King Joash. He was not a very good king of Israel. He was a kind of poor king. Oh, by the way, I didn't see you before. Good to see Karen back. I, to see. I didn't notice you. It's lovely to see you. You thought you'd get away with it, but you haven't. So it's lovely to see Karen back with us. That's fantastic. Anyway, uh, King Joash, he wasn't a very good king. But he comes in a time of desperation. The enemy is about to sweep in and destroy the land. He's desperate over his situation. And Elijah shows him how to position himself for God to bring victory, for God to move in his life. Here's the first thing. Notice this. It says, take your bow and take your arrow. Take your bow and take your arrow. I was just thinking about that. And I think the bow and arrow is a picture, really, if you like, of the word and the spirit coming together. You know what's often been the problem? People are either one thing or the other. They're either really into the word and not very much into the spirit, or they're really into the spirit but not really into the word. And it almost seems to me in these last days, God's kind of merging the two together. And when the spirit and the word come together, there's an incredible explosion of God. Once the word and the spirit merge together in our lives, when we become people not just of the word, but of the spirit, when we become people not just of the spirit, but of the word, when those two things merge together, there's going to be an incredible release of God's power in this day and this age. Smith Wigglesworth, how many have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He said that the last generation, that's what would happen. In the last generation, there will be a coming together of the Word and the Spirit. And so often in church life and often in denominations and churches in general, it's either been one or the other. Either people really right there, they're in the Word, or the other ones, the other camp, they're in the Spirit camp. But I tell you, in these days, God's wanted to bring the two together. And that's how we prepare ourselves. We position ourselves to be a people that's of the word and people of the spirit. And I think God's given you something. And we need to, if you like, I think we need to identify the word of the Lord to you personally. What is God wanting to attack in your life? 
What difficulty, what problem, what issue in your life is God really wanting to deal with in this day and this age? What is the promise or the word that God's given to you? I think God's wanting to give every one of us a personal word for us. A prophetic a word for us. And maybe God spoke to you. Maybe it's a prophetic word that God spoke to you many years ago. Something that he, he, he put on your life to do. It could have been a dream. It could have been a prophetic word that was spoken of your life. It could have been a reamer now word that God put into your heart. But you got discouraged. You got despondent. And you laid that aside. And I feel so strongly in this season, in this day, God's wanting you to take that word up again. He's wanting you to to take up that dream again. He's wanting you to to get a hold of that word again in your life. That word that he directly spoke into your life and he showed you what you could do, the purpose and, and what he put on your heart to do. God's saying, take it back up again. Take it up again. The word and the spirit connected together. If you take that word up again, I'll give you the anointing, I'll give you the power to fulfill it in your life. That dream that was poured into your heart. and You were so excited, so stood about that dream. But things fell apart. Things just didn't go the way you'd hoped it to go. And you lost it. And God's saying, take it up again. Take up your bow. Take up your arrow. Today is a day of your deliverance. Can you say amen? And I think there's this thing. We've got to get desperate to see that word fulfilled in your life. It seems to me that that the real key to so much is that that God speaks to us and and we get desperate in our hearts to see that word come to pass. You'll never really see that dream to come, come to pass. You'll never really see that word come to pass in your life until you're desperate to see it come to pass. If you're content to live without that promise, if you're content to live without that dream and that purpose and that destiny God has laid on your heart, if you're content to live without, it, without seeing it fulfilled, you'll never see it. There's got to be a real desperation. And here's the promise, here's the problem, that, that when God gave this, this prophetic word to this king, when God gave this dream to this king about the victory he was having, the Bible says he only struck the ground three times. And the man of God was angry with him because there was no passion there. There was no desperation there. There was no yearning to see that come to pass in his life. And he missed the fullness of what God was wanting to say. There's the thing. He's got the bow. He's got, the, he's got it right there. And he says, and the, the Bible says that you put your hand in verse 16, it says, And he said to the king, Put your hand on the bow. So the word comes, the dream comes, God speaks into your heart. And what needs to happen in us, and I think that putting your hand on, your bow, on the bow, if you like, represents submission to God. You hear the word, and you apply that word to your life. And that really where the power is. It's not just hearing it, it's not just receiving it, but it's applying that word to your life. And if we'd act on that word, we would respond to that word, God says, my power will come upon you. My hand will be upon you. As the king put his hand on that bow, then we're told that the prophet, the man of God, put his hand on his hand. 
the moment you submit, the moment you commit yourself and say, God, I'm responding to your word, I'm going to act upon it, I'm going to do it, the hand of God comes upon your life. Notice this, that the hand comes upon you, not before you do it, but when you do it. Sometimes we're waiting, the hand, we're waiting for the hand to, of God to come upon us before we do it. God says, you act on that word, you act on that dream, you act upon that prophetic word, then my hand will come upon you. And I think often, God has spoken to us, he's put something into our hearts, and the problem is often we've not fully obeyed that, or fully worked that through. Sometimes we, we do it partly or partial, part of it we do, But God says, if we're to really see his hand upon our lives, we've got to fully put it into practice. Every part of it. The whole thing we've got to act and do. Why don't you turn me to Luke 5. This to me is really what I saw. This is what God's looking for in this day, in this age. Really interesting story in Luke 5. Peter and his boats... But there's a phrase there I just want you to see as a, a fulfillment of what the kind of response, the kind of positioning that God's looking for this day. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and taught them and, and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into deep waters and let your neck down for the catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, We've tiled all night, and we have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will put down the net. When he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Here's that word then. God says, launch out. How many have launched out? And you launch out, but it never really worked. You got your fingers burnt. Things fell apart. And it brought you into passivity, and it brought you into a fear of failure. I think for some people, they're still trying to prove people wrong. They still hear the voice in their head. Still hear the voice of that father that says you're never going to make it. Voice of that teacher that says you're never going to make it. The, the voice of some friend who said you're, it's, all, it's never going to come to pass in your life. And often people are living their life trying to prove their voice is wrong. And you're launched out and it just never really happened. And I feel this is what God is saying. The experience of your failure has nothing to do with the current word of your success. Let me say that again. Your experience of failure has nothing to do with your current word of success. And I love what Peter said. Peter said, Nevertheless, Lord, at your word. Nevertheless, at your word. How many times we've said, Lord, I know it says lay hands on the sick. I know it says fear not. I know it says pray without ceasing. I know it says seek first the kingdom of God. But I can't possibly see how that can work. 
I tried to witness before and I was kind of rejected. I tried to reach out to someone in love and they rejected me. And I tried to pray for someone to be healed and, they, and it didn't happen. And here's what God's saying. Nevertheless, at thy word. No matter how I feel, no matter what my circumstances look, look like, no matter how big the odds are, I'm going to do it according to your word. I'm going to put your word in first place. And I believe in these days, this has got to define the people of God. Nevertheless, at your word. Have you found that when God does speak to you, it will always be beyond your natural ability to do? Read that. You know how you can really find out whether a word or a dream is from God? It's whether you can, if it's, if it's whether it's beyond your natural ability to do. If it's beyond your natural ability to do, then that's a word from God. Because God will always require you of something you can't do in your ability and your power. But he says, launch out. Step out. Take that risk. Come out of your, your comfortable zone. Step out. You know, in the Sea of Galilee, Peter used to fish right near shallow waters. And I'll tell you why they did that. Because in the Sea of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee is always right there. It's below sea level. And because it's below sea level, storms can come up any moment. And Peter knew for him to launch out into the deep meant he'd be vulnerable. Because at any moment a storm could come. In shallow waters, he's right there in control. He knows no storm's going to come. But God says, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, go right there into the deep. That place where you're comfortable, you know why that is? Because there you'll learn to be totally and utterly dependent on me. There you'll learn to go beyond your own natural abilities, between your own reasoning, and you are going to be right there, out in that situation. He said, Lord, I've tired all night. I've tried it, and it didn't work. So why would I possibly do it again? Here's what he's saying. I've tried it before my way. So why then should I do it your way? And here right there is that issue. We've tried it, we've attempted it, but the problem is we've tried to do it our way. You know what someone said? The height of craziness is to keep doing the same thing and expect the same results. Sometimes there's got to be a realisation that what I'm doing in my own power, my own strength, my own ideas, my own way is not working in my life. My life isn't working. My life isn't going the way it should go. So why keep doing the same thing? Maybe God's saying that maybe you need to try it my way. Maybe you need to do according to my word. And when you do according to my word, let's see the results. Let's see the benefit. Let's see the change. Nevertheless, Lord, at your word. And how we respond to the word of God is going to be crucial. Absolutely crucial in the days which we live. Can you say amen? Now he says, take your arrow and fire that arrow through he uses the words, through the open window. Face towards the east. East always speaks of a new day. And God's saying, I'm giving you a new opportunity. 
I'm giving you a fresh start. How many want a fresh start? And God says, I'm giving you a fresh door, a fresh window of opportunity. Fresh window of opportunity. What's special about a window? You know the thing about a window? There's only a certain moment that window's open. You don't leave a window open all the time. And that's what God says. There are certain times of opportunity. And sometimes, if we don't position ourselves right, we'll miss the window of opportunity that God gives. And you'll be amazed. If you would just take that opportunity, if you just take that moment that God gives you, you'll be amazed what God will do through God-given opportunities. I think there's opportunities that God gives to deal with things in our life. There's a moment, there's a moment in life where God comes and reveals and shows us something in our heart and that's a moment to deal with that issue in our life. There is a moment of opportunity to show acts of kindness. You ever felt that stirring and God showing you to do some act of kindness to someone? Share the love of God with someone? Today, if you hear his voice. There's these God moments in life. And those God moments, if we grab them, if we take them, you'll be amazed what that leads to. Just one God-given moment. If we would just take that moment, seize it with all our hearts, seize it with everything that's in us, you'll be amazed at what that moment can lead. That's how your own life. What's that? What part of your life do you ever feel regret over? So I tell you what often is, where we knew we had that opportunity. That moment that was there, and we just missed it. I remember years and years ago, in fact I was at Bible college, that's how long ago it was, at least five or six years ago. Uh, and I remember being there, and this is my first kind of preaching assignment really, because in those days you had these, you sent out preaching weekends poor churches had to account to that. And I remember my first time. So you want to get it right, you want to get it precise, you don't want to make any mistakes and get it all right. And suddenly, all the way, I saw, I saw this lady right there. And God said to me, tell that lady that her, her husband is going to be saved. And she's sitting, to another, she's sitting right next to this guy. And I'm thinking, yeah, if I get this wrong, this is not looking good on my, you know, this is my first preaching, this is the... You know, Bible college, I don't want to mess up, I don't want to make mistakes. But all the time, that thought kept coming to me, all the time. I kept preaching, I kept seeing that woman, it just didn't go away, all the way there. And I have to be honest, I missed the door of opportunity. And here's the incredible thing, and almost God arranged me to see it. Because as that woman was walking out, the pastor grabbed that lady by the arm and said, look, we're praying for your husband. We're praying he's going to come to Christ. And there are times like that in all our lives where there's opportunities. That opportunity to speak to someone. You feel that stirring in your heart to go and speak to them. That moment, that God moment. And we've got to take it. Because you don't know if that window is going to happen again. And God says, take the moment. Listen carefully to the Holy Spirit's instruction. God said, I'm, I'm opening a window. There's going to be windows in these coming days of opportunity. There's going to be people that you're going to meet. And, you're going to, and it's not just going to be an accident. It's going to be a God-ordained meeting. There's going to be certain situations, certain things that open up. 
And God says, just grab it and go for it. Because that window will only stop open for a certain season. I think there's incredible moves of God that God has wanted to do throughout the nations. But often it's been missed because people didn't grab the moment. I think times in our life where God has been wanting to move in our life, do something incredible, move in our lives in a new powerful way. But something held us back and we missed the moment. And God's saying, the window of east is open. Grab that moment. Don't miss it. And as we says, it says, stretch that arrow. You know one thing about a bowstring? A bowstring has to be stretched. The power by which the arrow goes is based on the, on the, on the strength of, of, of the bowstring. The stronger the, bowstring, the stronger the bowstring, the more powerful the arrow will be. Isn't it amazing? I, just, I mean, if I felt this in my own heart, if I'm honest. How many have felt a real stretching? Because God is wanting to stretch us. Stretch us. I think the Holy Spirit comes to stretch us. To put us in positions that we know we can't do in our own abilities and capabilities. How many know when you're in that position, it stretches you? How many have found that? You suddenly find yourself in a position and you know it's beyond your abilities and capabilities and suddenly you feel it, you find yourself being stretched. And God is stretching us. God is stretching us so that we can do powerful and mighty things for him. The tension in the bow is all about gripping something. God brings you to a point of tension so you can begin to grab hold of him. So you can take hold of God in a greater way. The weaker you feel in yourself, the more confident you can feel in God. Because it's in the place of vulnerability we discover the mercy of God. We discover how powerful God is. And I think it's so important these days that we've got to continually stretch ourselves. How many love exercise? Have you done some exercise and suddenly you find you, I never knew I had a muscle there. Now, I, know, I remember once doing weights. Notice the word once. I remember doing those weights. And at the end of it, I just felt, oh my goodness, my arms were aching there and I woke up in the morning and my, you know, my back was hurting and my arms were hurting because you know, I could lift anything up. And every, part of my, every part of your body kind of aches. You know what? That's a good sign. That's a, that's a sign that your muscles, for the first time in your life, have done a bit of exercise. And it's good to have those muscles exercised. I think the spiritual muscles that need to be exercised are safe. You need to exercise your faith muscle. Because that's the only way it's going to grow. It's when you act upon the word of God and you do what God requires of you, not based on your feelings or your circumstances, but you do what God says and it stretches your faith muscle. How many love to strengthen your love muscle? You know, every time you forgive someone, every time you, you kind of do some act of love and kindness, you know what you're doing? You're stretching your Love muscle. You know, ever given and it hurts to give. You know, you just give and it just hurts you as you give. Every time you do that, you are stretching your generosity muscle. And these are the things that God wants to build in our lives. So you're, you know, you're, you're Mr. Spiritual 
Stefano Arne, you know, you're a spiritual Arne there with your spiritual muscles, your love muscle and your, your faith muscle and your generosity muscle and you're building yourself up. You know, the worst thing is, how many have found this? If you don't exercise, you get out of shape. And that's true spiritually. If you don't exercise those muscles, you will get out of shape. And so God's saying, come on, stretch out. Do something you've never done before. You know, do things you've never really done before in your life. Just do something. Do what God's called you to do. Very quickly now. God says, fire the arrows of deliverance. Verse 17, the arrows of deliverance. What are the arrows for you? I think they are literally to become all that God has called you to become. Moses, in order to do what God had called him to do, had to see himself as God saw him. And I think in this season, God is wanting you to see something about yourself, who you are after the spirit, not who you are after the flesh. There's the danger. So often we see ourselves after the flesh. We see our failures. We see our mistakes. We see our past life. We, we see ourselves after the flesh. And, and Paul says, no longer see yourself after the flesh, but see yourself in the spirit. I think of Gideon. Gideon's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And here he is, he's hiding away from the enemy. And God turns up and says to him, Hello, you mighty man of valor. How many know Gideon didn't see himself as a mighty man of valor? But that's the way God saw him. I remember years and years ago, I used to have a guy phone me up every morning. He was a pastor from another church we were in. And every morning he'd phone me up and say, Hello, John, mighty man of valor. Every day he'd do that. I didn't see myself that way at that moment in time. But I think so often, in this new way, God wants us to see, God wants you to see yourself as you are after the Spirit. See yourself after the Spirit. Don't see yourself according to your past. Don't see yourself according to your limitations. See yourself after God. Now notice this. He says, fire the arrows. The arrows, he says, are against Syria. Against Syria. You know what that is? That speaks of, of those things in our life that always seem to trip us up and hold us back. I think it's so important we get our victory over these things. Because otherwise, when the opportunity comes, we won't take it. When God, if you like... Uh, tells you to witness, you don't do it because of fear. When some sort of ministry rises up and the opportunity comes to do it, you don't do it because of inferiority and you feel you could never do that because of the way you perceive and see yourself. I believe with all my heart that God says, I am going to do a mighty thing of opportunity, but the only way you're going to take that opportunity is to see yourself the way God sees you. If you don't, you'll never really grasp the opportunities that come. So it's Syria, but he says you're going to fight them in a place called Apec. Now that's an interesting story because in Apec, there was, this, there, was a, there was a battle there. And the battle where the Syrians said, 
We're going to, what is said over you people, that you only fight, in, you only fight in, in, in the valleys, you don't fight in the hills. And God says, you're going to get victory where the enemy says you can't get victory, basically, in Apex. And I found this, this is what God's saying this day. There's a place where you feel weak. The place of your weakness is going to be the place of your greatest strength. I found this for so many people, that the things you've gone through are the places where you can bring victory to someone else. The battle you went through, the the thing you faced, that really you had to struggle with, the, the thing that was such a weakness in you. When you've gone through that, when you've battled through that and come through that, then that is the very thing that you can minister to someone else through. You think of the things that you've been through in life and where the tears have been, the heartbreak's been. When you see someone else going through the same thing, that's the very thing you can minister to someone over. And in these days, God's going to take that thing where there's a place of weakness and vulnerability, and God's going to take that, and it's going to be a place of incredible strength. Let me close with this. God said to them, take the arrow and strike it three times times into the ground. And here's where the big massive thing is. How do you respond to that? The reason why this king missed it because he responded in such a half-hearted way. And I think so often we can miss things because we don't fulfill it with passion. It's not what you do, it's the attitude with what you do it. Someone said this, and I wrote it down. God loves vigorous souls who put everything they have into what they are doing. No matter how big it is or how small it is, sometimes it's the small things that we don't think matter, that we don't put much heart into it. But if we would, do, if we would put heart into even the small things, you'll be amazed how God then will open big things. Sometimes we're when we're not really fully passionate about small things, then we don't see the big things happen. But God says, even in the small things, if you would take the small things and you'd put your passion, you'd put your heart into it, you'd put everything you have into it, you would be amazed at what that will lead to in your life. So I think everything we do, worship, it's got to be a wholehearted response. Obeying the word of God, it's got to be a wholehearted response. Witnessing to people, it's got to be a wholehearted response. Every level of ministry, it's got to be a wholehearted response. God says, if you would do that, then I will do mighty and great things. This is going to be an amazing season of your life. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.